You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts. But you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. For the kids at home, presuppositional apologetics is it's it's a it's a it's a lobotomy it's a it's it's just it makes you stupid <laughs> brian just declared war on three-fourths of the theological world uh, man, i don't feel, think it's three-fourths. He, he didn't feel well today he woke up and chose violence <laughs> right. that's what he did uh all right hey i'm brian uh this is the mount hermeneutics podcast everybody and, it's uh, matt I'm, it's uh it's 9 11 it's September 11th on uh, 2023. Um, it is. So uh, just kind of thought I'd throw that out there. I'm wearing the, the 9-11 Memorial shirt for today. Um, also, uh, happy theoretical Jesus's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that's right. I uh, I am Andre. And of course, you know, Brian and Matt already introduced themselves. We got Brian, the uh, theolo- theological badass. We got Matt pushing buttons and pulling levers and making things happen behind the scenes. And uh, just, you know, before you get into it, make sure you leave a comment and um, share the show with your friends. We And we'll give you all the all the socials and contact info at the end of the show. And uh, like and subscribe. Yeah. Well, 9-11. Where, where, where were you on 9-11, Brian? I was in my car driving. I was I was a freshman in college in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I lived on a uh, makes you sound so young. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I was, I lived in a ranch house about 30 minutes from campus and I was, uh, just on the road, uh, heard it on the radio. And I, so I sped to, I sped to campus and I got to the the campus library and all the TVs were on and everybody was standing around watching them. And, and, uh, I think that was the first tower had been, uh, had been hit. I think, I think the second one was hit while I was, while I was, while I was watching this TV, but of course, you know, I still went to class, but there was no teaching going on. Everything, everyone was just talking about that. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. Trey, what were you doing? So I was, um, I was in Okinawa and, uh, of course it's already the next morning there. No, the next evening, I like it was midnight. Right. And, uh, my mother calls and asks if I'm okay. And I'm like, uh, mom, we're having a little typhoon here. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Just a, uh, you know, little, little weather. It's all right. And she says to me that the world trade center is gone. And of course I'm like, what did David Blaine? Like, show up and, like what, do you, what do you mean? The world trade center is gone. She's like, it's gone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I turn on you're TV. Like, you're like, like, you're like, David Blaine did some magic. She's like, no, yeah. people flew planes into the building. They fell. And you're like, like that, that'll do it. That's that's a <laughs> filth, Lauren, filth, and I and so then then right after I hung up with my mother, of course I I worked to you know for a uh, third intelligence battalion at the time, and uh, I started getting some phone calls about hey get to the skiff, we have mm-hmm. things to look into and and things to prep and oh plans to do and blah blah say blah blah blah, and uh, yeah that was that's quite a thing. My daughter Briar, so I think Delani was pregnant with her for not very long, and she was born the following March, so her graduating class is the very first uh, graduation class where 9-11 was a historic event, which means meaning that it, they weren't born yet when it right, happened. Right. 
That's of, interesting. Uh, yeah. So she's the she's the first one. So you 2020. So I was more COVID. Or COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was driving into work kind of the same thing as Brian. Um I pulled into the office and the first tower had just been hit. So they had all the TVs on and we're all standing there watching. And I'm like talking to a couple of my buddies. And I was like, that's a weird accident to have. Cause we're talking about like, you know, how the right. hell does ATAC not keep the plane from hitting a building and this and that. Right. As we're Especially having New this, York. Right. <laughs> so we're having this conversation as the second plane hits the second building, the second tower. And I instantly was, was like, Oh damn, that was terrorism. So Dre, you're gonna find this funny. So Jamie Vitro mm-hmm. was working the counter in the counterterrorism desk at the Pentagon. And my first instinct, being the dark humored individual that I am, is like, I need to call my buddy and bust his balls. He's about to have a bad day. <laughs> I pick up the phone and I'm dialing his desk number, and somebody yells that the Pentagon was just hit. And I like just laid the phone down. And I was because like, that could have been a very different phone call, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I, he might be dead. Right. Like, I don't right. know if he's dead right, or right. not, let alone right. the fact that his his building just got hit. So now I'm just sitting there and now it got personal for me, like instantly. Right. It went from, it went from what in the, to, oh, dude, this is crazy to, dude, my boy might be dead. And so I sat there, instantly called my wife because she was working in a building outside the Bay Bridge uh, and, uh, I'm I Brian Dre's my office. I can see NSA. Huh, okay. So I'm like, I'm like, is that a target? <laughs> like, well, am right. I about to see a building <laughs> outside my window? <laughs> right. Um, right. and you probably and, know lots of people still in there, right? Right. And and likely one of the other planes could have been targeting that. We don't know. Um so I wait about two hours and I called Jamie's wife at the time. They're now divorced, they've <clears> been divorced for a long time, but I called Gina. And we were really close. The four of us did a lot of dinners and hanging out together. And so you call your buddy's wife and there's not a good question to ask. Hey, have you talked to your husband or is he dead? Right. Right. So I called her and I'm like, Hey, Jean, it's Matt. And I just sat there and she goes, Matt, I've talked to him. He's okay. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) thank you for taking me off the hook of a question. I didn't know how to ask and let me know if you need something. Right. But yeah, that was a wild day. I went and we went and picked my daughter up from daycare and we just went home. Like because of DC area, right? Like it yeah, was yeah. Yeah. it was a really weird time in that little zone. And we all just went home. And I remember being in the cul-de-sac at the neighborhood that I lived in, and everybody came out of the cul-de-sac. And it was that I know we've talked about it before, but it was like the first time in my memory that America acted like a small town everywhere. Right. Like all yeah. of these neighbors that I knew that you wave at him, you knew him, but we all just came outside and stood in our cul-de-sac and talked to each other. Mm. And we stood there for hours just talking because stuff was so different and the world had changed like in an instant. Um, yeah. That's an interesting perspective because me being overseas, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't have that same type of community because we were so far away mm-hmm. even even i mean the bases were close knit anyway in okinawa if you've ever sure. been over there um but you know living in a, uh, i lived in town so i had all japanese neighbors and uh and it just wasn't quite the same they're like it does, it's not so funny when it's your place getting bombed is it right, right. <laughs> but uh, a, a lot of uh what, what i did get a lot of because there was a typhoon so marines act stupid in the barracks anyway is dudes were like kidding up 
like guys in the bears throwing off flax, slamming their k-bar to doing the rambo i'm like um guys relax we're not we're not going to war yet um it's gonna take a minute or two yeah Yeah. we're not it's not like right now we're not mounting up it's not regulators you know so so uh, that was weird a couple weeks ago i was in houston um my uber driver that that took me to the airport when i was leaving he was uh he was from afghanistan um he uh we we uh, we the conversation started we started bonding over comics i was wearing a superman shirt and he had a superman thing on his uh on his screen and we but as it turned out he was from afghanistan he had fought alongside u.s troops uh, against the taliban and he had since come to the united states and and so we were we were talking about uh just the withdrawal and the you know what what difference the american uh presence made there and he uh he said he's convinced and he says so is the rest of the islamic world that uh the cia was actually responsible for that for 9-11 yeah and uh of course i would what (laughs) what he you have thoughts about that? Well, I was just going to say there's <laughs> I, I found myself every day of my life getting older. I've become increasingly libertarian and increasingly conspiracy theory, theory amenable. <laughs> it's like when I was a kid, conspiracy theorists were stupid. And yeah. I get as now I, now that I feel more and more like the uh, farmer's insurance guy. Right. Like I, I, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. Yeah. Like. I, I, I start to not think anything's beyond the pale of possibility with, with regards to the uh, government doing things. The, the day it happened, there was a guy in class who who raised that possibility that 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 the uh, Bush administration was was responsible, and uh, uh, I I nuked him. I just I laid into him and yeah. told him what a piece of shit he was in front of the whole class. And so I mean, there's kinda... the CIA. <laughs> And then there's the Bush administration. Right. 100%. Those, they can, they can the be separate. Thing. Right. And the and son of the former and, CIA director. And and like we were just talking about uh, Matt Walsh being an actor. Uh, when, when he gets told while he's reading that book, that dude didn't know. Oh, W? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, w, yeah, definitely. yeah I, I have a hard time. There's a lot of things that can be said for, for President Bush. Um, right being a disingenuous individual doesn't doesn't track right i don't think i don't think he was well i yeah i, I, I mean wanna, i don't want to so litigate his presidency I, but but I, I i don't oh i'm not going to either i'm just saying you can you can you can you, you take shots at his his you know his eq you can take shots at his his linguistic skills you can take shots yeah. at his ability to speak off the cuff um but his genuineness like of all of of i'd say of our the At last, least in my lifetime, of of the last five to ten presidents, you gave them all, you know, sodium pentothal, and found out who was the most hardcore red, white, and blue American. I, I think you'd struggle to find one that was that would that would register higher than W on that scale. Because even yeah. even Herbert Walker, because he was the head of the CIA, that dude probably saw in a lot of shades of gray. You know, like I, I think he probably wanted good things for America, but it might have could have just as been much for global economics and 
you know, all of the things that go along with it. But W just felt like a, oh, shucks. I love America. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he was a, a particularly good president. I don't think he was a bad man. Um, That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like of those dudes who I, who I'd rather be in a, in a bar fight with, with back to back, not in, not like front to front. Yeah. Like I'd pick W. I mean, he he still holds the bench press record in, right? in the White House. So, that's right? my boy, what's 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 the record? I don't want to. I'm not going to believe. It, it's hard to let my mind go to a place that says that our government did that to ourselves, especially personally, in the the man hours, in the lost birthdays, in the lost anniversaries, and the <clears> friendships <throat> that that were you know ended because of you know things that. That's a that's a tough place for me to go when when I spent, you know, 24 years in, in an organization that was quite tied in to much of that stuff and yeah. to spend 20 of it, you know. I, I think I think what I'm trying to say is I think there's a difference between saying something that the CIA could have done and something that would have been government sanctioned. Those don't have to be the same thing. I concur. Yeah, I agree. And that's what, right. I, that's what I said when I, yeah. when I was like, well, splitting W, the, the administration from the CIA. Well, I, I even to say the watching CIA. Watching some Taylor I, Sheridan shit, watching, watching like Lioness in the last episode. I'm like, yo, I, I mean, I believe that would happen. I mean, so not, not to use, you know, TV shows as our, right, as right. our, as our, as our mark. Right. But I mean, if you, if using some of the storylines of things like Homeland, if, for those that have watched Homeland, right? Like there's, or, or even Jack Ryan, the new, the new Netflix, sure. Jack Ryan, it's, I mean, sure. or not Netflix, it's a uh, prime, but those are real similar, right? Where you have segments within an organization that have the ability to do things that everybody doesn't know about, right? Like I, I wouldn't put that past some individual, you know, a bad actor within that thinks they're doing the right thing. Right. I, I think we're seeing that now with, you know, with the so-called deep state and mm-hmm. the FBI going after things mm-hmm. and all these FBI whistleblowers that are stepping forward, all the people that, that started these investigations with circular logic on Donald Trump before he was even president. Absolutely. Right? So I think, you know, however you feel about the the former president, for him to be spied on during his campaign and then complete fabrication of something mm-hmm. that we paid millions of dollars in taxes and held over his head for the first three years of administration is just straight up wrong. Yeah, it's the fact that the entire country is not furious about that is stunning. Uh, it's a sign in itself. It's stunning. It's stunning because it's. I don't get how the the left is okay <clears throat> with it. That's the part that bothers me. Is they see this as you know the ends justify the means. But that's well, yeah, not true sure. when it comes to the government, right? Like I'm very much a an a, an outcome based dude when it comes to the way I manage as a as a commercial guy, right? Like in my business dealings in my day job, I'm very outcome based, right? There's morals, there's ethics, but at the end of the day, the outcomes are what's important because you're here to do a job and and you know turn a profit, et cetera, et cetera. But government doesn't work that way. Government is supposed to be the most objective when it comes to doing the things by the set of rules that we've established, which is this little thing called the constitution, right? Yeah, and well, everything's supposed uh... to be bound by that. 
and 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 I'm not okay when either side gets out of out of sequence or out of line or out of parameters or whatever the right phrasing is, right? Like it's it's not okay. And and anybody who thinks it's okay because their side's winning doesn't isn't thinking far enough ahead about what happens when your side's not the one in charge. Well, even when when uh, when they changed the vote for Supreme Court, right? And and Mitch McConnell gave that little that little smile, like, hey, okay. Yep. And then, and then this is what happens? you're asking for. Yep. Right. And then yep. we, President Trump got to stick three dudes in there mm-hmm. because of a Democrat rule mm-hmm. that they created for the Senate. Like, well, yep. okay. Yep. And Oops. those, and, and that was one of the most uh, prophetic things that Trump said about his presidency was, I'm going to make such big changes because of the Supreme Court appointments that it's going to affect American politics for much longer than my presidency will linger. Right. And here, here we are, kids. Yep. Here yep. we are. Yeah, I've been when the uh, I've been thinking about that a lot today. Like, why the there's such a divide in our country? And like, the uh, New Mexico governor basically oh just goodness. abolished the Second Amendment. Because <laughs> you um, see their little uh, protest. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah uh, a, bunch, uh, a bunch of people went out open carry. Yeah. Oh, some, did they really? Yeah, they were man. like, they were like yeah, some friends on uh, Facebook. Did you did you guys know Monty Singer? Yep. Um, sing, sing Sing. Yeah, he was uh as a character. He uh yeah, he he lives in New Mexico. He uh he took pictures of himself at the at the protest. He, he was, was out there. Uh, yeah, he was out there. He's God bless him. He was yeah, Good old sing, he was, sing. Uh, I knew he he had some he had some hippie leaning, so I'm I'm happy to know that he's still in he's still on the the right side of uh We had uh, we had kind of a falling out a few years ago um and kind of stopped talking to each other then he he sent me a friend request recently and and he he just he seems a lot different now like he seems pretty pretty libertarian and i'm uh i'm, I'm down for, for it but they, just they grow up so fast <laughs> yeah that guy was uh he i remember we were stationed in hawaii together he uh famously turned his uh his barracks room into an indoor pool oh that was his room that did that i heard the stories yeah, yeah. he, he he got a he got a tarp and lined the uh, the floor and walls and filled it up with water and they had a pool party in there one Saturday and if you look up the word unbothered in the dictionary, you find a picture of Monty Singer. Yeah, just sitting there uh, like, <laughs> dude just doesn't care. Like I was kind of mad at him. Like you know, dude, what are you what are you doing? This is this is not your property. You're there's a reason you don't turn barracks into indoor swimming pools but it was just so damn funny i didn't have the heart to yeah, yeah. make an issue about it. i mean but um but yeah, to, that people would put up with that that uh you know there, there's a problem in her her response and i think she that she 100 believes it's the right thing i believe that she does believe that <clears throat> yeah but it and she, and she's wrong. Yeah. Well, they they have this idea oh, that government is uh, it it's there for social engineering purposes. Um, and that's that's a problem. That's that's uh, actually the fundamental difference between the left and the right. Right. And it's because it's that simple. So yeah. t- when you brought up your your point about you don't understand how there's such a divide, that's the divide. 
Well, no, I, I people on the right think that the government is there to keep things moving and to keep society working. And people on the left believe that the government is there to change everything and make it better. Well, on the right, we well, what we should understand is that it's there to protect individual liberties, period. That's that's all there is to it. But I find that I find that when I point this out to people, like that you know, government is coercion by threat of force. Deaths. That's the all gun. it is. Yeah. The it, gun. It, it's holding you at gunpoint and saying comply or else. Shout out to Pendulette. Yeah. Um I, I keep trying to find that video that you you know the the article. One, but no, he there's a video where he lays all this out. It's, it, it's like four minutes, but I can't find I, it. But, I never saw the video. It's an article that was in Forbes magazine. But when I when I find that whenever I point this out to people, like people like highly intelligent people who I respect greatly, I point out that government it's just a gun pointed at you. That's that's all mm-hmm. it is. One, they they push back. They're not. That's not true. That and and two, they think they think that that means that I'm anti-government, um, as if that is in itself wrong, that we shouldn't need a gun pointed at us to to make us obey. But um, yeah, but then when I you know when I when I ask, I always ask them, well, tell me one thing government does that it uh, would still be able to do if you disarmed it, and they can never. They can never tell me anything because Brian, ultimately... I found the video for you, by the way. I have uh, I have a third degree black belt in Google Foo, in case you guys didn't know. I just mm. link All right. I'll, I'll I'll link this in the uh, in the show description. How long is it? Um, looks like let me click it on YouTube real quick. Four four minutes and forty seconds. Yeah, that might be it. Cool. Yep. So uh, I'm using my phone to record this and uh, I keep getting notifications. And apparently Monday Night Football started, and Aaron Rodgers is the is quarterback out. on my fantasy team. He went down, and I'm and I got I I keep getting all these. Oh, they're popping up. Oh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so and I and I and I need the Jets to win so I can win my pools as well. J E T S so. Jets Jets Jets. Looks sounds like it ain't gonna happen, dude. Well, what's the score? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not watching. That. I, can't be, I can't be bothered it, right now. Yeah, but, we're talking about sports so, ball now. Sports ball is that what the we're doing? Foosball. Yep. Because it's of the devil. It's it is mom, of the devil. Man, that's mom, how it ties into our show. Foosball is the devil. So I'm pretty um, sure it came down with the nephilim. That's why because big people play and they push each other around. That's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going with. That's right. <laughs> so because, um, uh, God didn't like football. <clears throat> the devil did. All the fallen angels. They're probably yeah. all they're probably all Raiders fans. Probably. That's probably that's probably what it is. But the Rams did win. I was I was on the Raiders on, when I played peewee football. Oh boy. Yeah. I got uh I got brutalized. I was just a wee lad. <laughs> I just got pummeled it happens. All, all the time. That's too bad. I, I, mean, I, don't, like, I don't know what that's like at all, but yeah. I saw I saw a comment that the Oklahoma drill has converted more football play, has created more basketball players and baseball for, players for sure. <laughs> I believe that. And 100%. I was like, I, I feel wildly attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wait, know wait, what that means. Is, this is how we play. Never mind. I'm gonna go play a less contact sport. Right. Yeah. The Oklahoma drill is one of the real heavy uh, hitting drills that they do in like high school and junior high and high school. Gotcha. It's one that separates guys that want contact from guys that don't want contact so 
Mm. Basically, a lot of boys were like, hmm, I didn't enjoy practice today. I think I'm done, mom. I'm <laughs> going to go play baseball. That first day of combat hitting skills and in, in recruit training, we just punch each other mm-hmm. in the face. And you see real quickly who has never been in a fight before in their so, life. It was that so was, unfair. I got was, paired up against a golden a, a golden gloves kid. <laughs> yeah. That was my same weight, but he was golden gloves. He was like super trained, and I was not super trained. And I just got my head rocked. Uh, there was no I, fun. Got, I had the opposite experience. It was lousy. Yeah. I had a guy tell me that if I don't hit him too, if I don't hit him hard, he won't hit me hard. And I'm just like, bring it, man. We're here to be Marines. Yeah. Yeah, we, we I I had a guy that it was so inept that he uh when he was on the offensive portion he was hitting himself, and they're like, "How does that happen?" Offense, and you're already losing because he like bounced off my glove and popped himself in the face. <laughs> in fact, before- it, so so the combination of those two is why I'm such a Second Amendment guy because yeah, when we-, we did pugil sticks, I was a bad man. I was undefeated <laughs> with pugil sticks. It, 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 I never, I never lost at Pugil Sticks, but then he, I he missed it. The... Oh, if I made him bleed, I would get a phone call home. The DI told you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. He poor recruit. Recruit Schmuckatelli. Did you, get, did you sorry, get, Yeah. He he got he got beat down. I I think. Well, because of power struggle, it can't be racism. So that's good. <laughs> 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 All right. So I never lost at Pugil Sticks, but one of the greatest it. regrets of my life is that Bruce Wayne uh, would be proud. That's he would, I mean. but uh, I had to go to special screening when they did the tournament, so I didn't get to fight in the tournament. We didn't we do a lost. tournament. We we, had, we did like some Thunderdome thing. We didn't do a tournament. We had a tournament, mm-hmm. or so I so I'm told when I got back from special mm-hmm. screening that evening. Yeah. They lied so to you. Mad. They just they, they were mad because they lost. Wow, and their and their prize fighter was off doing nerd shit. <laughs> he was off listening to mute to tones in his ears. They they invented languages. They punished me for it. I got I got tortured for days because because I failed them by not being there. And yeah, I bet. Like like I not, I wanted nothing more than to be there. But yeah, well, you're a nerd, but you're a fucking nerd. So that's yeah. <laughs> I I was I was recruit bond from then on. Because they, cause, oh, because you're off doing spy yeah, stuff. Yeah, what, you think, yeah. think you're smarter than us, recruit Bond? Okay. Yes, sir. I mean, no, sir. I, I remember um, when they handed out jobs, right? Like at the end of boot camp. My senior drill instructor, he's a staff sergeant. He's in, he was infantry. I come. He calls out my name, and I walk up to him, and he goes, "Who are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "He's like, have you been here this whole time?" And I'm like, "Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like." <laughs> He's like looking around, like genuinely confused, because like I was, I was low key, I was, I was on the down low. And uh, so he hands me my my job, and he goes twenty six hundred. He goes, "You'll be a staff sergeant before I will," because he was always <laughs> only a sergeant. I'm sorry, not a staff sergeant. And I was like, and he's like, "Go away!" And I was like, "I don't know what I just, I don't understand what's going on." <laughs> I I got slayed for that very reason. Legend like, has it he's still a sergeant. But yes, <laughs> still. <laughs> 25 years later. <laughs> He's like, so what's your, what's your IQ? 200? Sweet. 200 right. push-ups, go. 200 yeah. push-ups, go. I'll make you as strong as you are smart. I was like, what? Good to go. I, Rock I, I, I just told this story the other day. So Carrie and I went to a uh, veteran leadership business owners conference last week. And uh, we we're talking to some guys and 
Air Force guy, whatever. And he was like, why'd you join the Marine Corps? And I was like, look, man, I knew I was going to Intel. I said, uh, I could go to the Air Force where everybody's kind of smart and just kind of be the same as everybody. Or I could go somewhere where like I could make it physically and be the smartest dude in the room. Come on, what am I picking? <laughs> he was like, that's not a bad <laughs> decision set. And it means that we worked a lot of joint stuff. Mm-hmm. It was exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So like we were the, the biggest, strongest dudes in the room and nobody was smarter. Than and us. we still had Air Force girls around us all the time. Right. And you pretty much got issued Air Force girls, you know, you know, yeah. here's your linens, your pillow, your wing, your airmen. Yeah. It's like, it's like Pokemon. Gotta That's catch what they all. told me when I got to Fort Worth. <laughs> well, it was wild because there was only 30 of us, right? I don't right. know what, when you guys got there, but right, not right much more you, than that, but 30 yeah. ish. And there was 300 Air Force women there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm and not more than, good at math. And, and more than 300 army women. Right. And like so, and like four navy women, it was it, it was <laughs> well, it's probably like eight navy women, right. only four. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was just raining, raining, straight rain. It was, and it's it really was not. not fair. It was not lousy. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting time in my life, and it, it was like that throughout too. Like I was a master sergeant at uh, in San Antonio down down there and i walked into the the little bx there and uh and i was pretty much a rock star and i go to like look at cameras and there's people in line in front of me i just walk up to the glass and i get helped and people are like what why does he get helped um he's a marine and i think my favorite moment uh down in san antonio <laughs> is as i'm walking out of the the shop at and there's a full bird colonel and he's got his son with him and in this little boy probably between age nine and eleven he goes Wow, what is that? He's like, that's a marine, son. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, you know, I'm in earshot, and uh, and I, and, I, and he's like, can, can I be a marine? And I stop and I turn around. And I said, of course you can, of course you can. And did you, uh, give, him, did you give him the wink? And, well, it's what and I'm like, like, hey, and then like in the background, do America. <laughs> and uh, I looked at his dad. I'm like, of course he can. And don't worry. Your mom will be proud too. And I winked at her dad, <laughs> at, at his dad. <laughs> and he's like, I, I hate that guy. Right. <laughs> Wait, what branch was he in? Air Force. He was an Air Force full bird. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's older, a marine, so. right? So he's probably, I don't know. Well, I was a master sergeant. So he's probably the same age as me, probably yeah. late 30s. Yeah. yeah. And, mm. uh, but he was, he was skinny and, you know, he probably ran really did. well. He probably did. His his son had never seen anything with that looked like a like an action hero that looked like his little his little figures that he plays with, and and then he was impressed. I mean, what, what can I say? Hmm. What, what what can we do? Well, I mean, what hey, can we do? We're just people, right? I mean, advanced, better people, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> engineered to be better than you, but hey, just. Reminds me of that story I was telling someone the other day about how how we met. How you and I, I was met. Not how the three of us met. Like I was oh. describing mm-hmm. the the circumstances. I'm like first of all, the environment, right? <laughs> well, first of all, Marine Corps. I was explaining like why how we like how we met and why we are the way we are with our banter. And I was explaining like, okay, so you've got. First of all, we're Marines who are renowned worldwide 
throughout history for our aggressive towering egos. Um, but also we were special screening. And so we had to have like the highest ASVAB score. So you take these, you you take this pool of giant raging egos, put them together in a, in a joint service environment where we're smarter than the rest of the Marine Corps. And we're constantly being told how, how, how much superior we are to all the other branches. And, uh, and we're all like 18 year old, 19 year old kids with no supervision being fed all this stuff. Zero, and, uh, <laughs> zero adult supervision. And uh, that's, that's how and we And the adults out. that were supervising us were children. Emotionally, emotionally and from a maturity point of view, like there was no adult super, there was no safety net. Well, Dre and I were kind of the adult supervision of the, the fact that we all survived is stunning to me. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. And, and some, some people don't, everybody did. We're pretty feral. <laughs> pretty, pretty feral. We yeah. really were. It's crazy. Lord of the flies. It is crazy. I mean, I'm better for it. That's all I yeah. know. Or maybe maybe I'm not. I just don't know any better. But whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I lived a normal life, I would have been, you know, something. Maybe maybe I actually died. This is some weird like coma dream. <laughs> mm. I mean, you're on a, you have your own podcast. It's a simulation. <laughs> so is today Jesus' birthday? Uh according to Michael Heiser, it is. It's good enough for me. Um, he did, you think he, you think that you think they bombed the trade towers because it was Jesus's birthday? No, I think they did it because the uh, there are a couple of pretty significant dates in history, and I didn't, I haven't, I haven't brushed up on this. I didn't know you were going to ask that question, but it was the uh, the Battle of Tours. I think it was like a major Islamic victory against in 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 Spain. Hmm. Um, and then there's there Muslims was, in Spain. Yeah, you didn't know that Spain was conquered by Muslims. I mean, I just don't think about it. I mean, I know yeah. they're, they're just a hop, skip, and a jump across the water. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Spanish um, is Arabic loan words because of their because of the uh, Islamic occupation of Spain, um, driven out by uh, Charles Martel. I don't. I don't remember. I'm not. I haven't brushed up on the history, but yeah, that it it had September 11th has major symbolic value in the in Islamic thinking because of historic victories against uh, Christian Europeans. Um, they were building. They wanted that Islamic uh, community center called the Cordoba House, which was also the site of a major victory in spain and it was kind of a uh kind of a controversy surrounding it but uh i'm not i'm not up to i'm not uh brushed up enough in the history that i'm gonna get into details about it but no, no i was just i mean it was just kind of a casual question i didn't really mean it as a as a <clears throat> as a you know an important question it was just kind of something i was throwing out i had never seen until today the I mean, we've all read the, you know, Jesus wasn't actually born on the 25th of December. It had to have been sometime different because, you know, the Jerusalem and the the census and it doesn't make sense to do it in, you know, middle of December and all that kind of stuff. But right. 
I'd never seen, you know, the specific date. Uh, and then I just happened to see it today in a, in a Facebook group where they were saying that, you know, the, the 11th is kind of the, the best guess from a astronomy and historical kind of point of view from the, the contextual clues in the Bible and yeah, real, Heiser real uses world history. Heiser uses Revelation 12 as his as his basis for that. And he takes uh, the great red dragon to be the Draco constellation and the the woman with uh, 12 stars on her head who births the uh, who births the Messiah to be the constellation Virgo. And he does some I don't I don't understand the I don't understand. The, he uses like the star charts and backs them up and all that kind of stuff. And right. What the sky I, would have looked like over Jerusalem and yeah that's, that's what i that's what i heard i think it was heiser i think it was listening to a podcast or something really yeah that, well he's he's here. he's done it in several contexts there's a there's a youtube video on it i don't understand enough about astronomy to be able to recreate his argument or or verify it and it's and it all depends on whether we take revelation 12 to be specifically about that and i'm not i think that's kind of iffy that it is but uh but I don't. I don't have any particular reason to to reject it. I just. Sure. I'm just not. No. Really I, I, excited about and it. to me, I don't know that it matters one way or another, right? Like using a day that we all just kind of symbolically accept as the date is just as relevant as anything else. Um, but it's yeah. It's, I don't. It's interesting. I think I more than September 11th is the the three BC date, right? That it wasn't zero right. or one. It, that it wasn't zero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That is interesting. It's like, Based, what, how did they get off by three years? Like, that is kind of a weird thing. I used to know the answer to that question. But uh, I haven't thought about it in long enough that I'm not going to, I'm not going to offer a butchered answer. But uh, if, but if you go by the timing in Daniel 9, Daniel's uh, 77s, that puts his crucifixion in the year 30 AD. But you have to, um, you have to pick the right decree, which, which uh, I take to be the, the decree of Artaxerxes to, uh, to rebuild the, uh, the wall that is in the book of Nehemiah. Um, is looking at me funny. I'm just, I'm just saying, stop showing off, man. Like. I have that it's Nehemiah not... quote on a brick laying in my front yard, actually. Yeah, bro. I'm actually being dead serious. Like I could go grab it. Um, well, I'm laughing anyway. Because uh, <laughs> and we, now for a different used, reason. We we used it. We my my pastor used it in a in a service to talk about. You know, the whole backstory was, you know, the city fell and they had to rebuild the wall. And so they went back and, you know, it was kind of like a call to action to everybody to help rebuild the wall, rebuild the city, build up the defenses. And he was using it as an allegory to, uh, or a metaphor for us to rebuild the church, to rebuild our town, to rebuild our community. And so we had a bunch of bricks with Nehemiah, is it 314, 14? I don't know well, what numbers worth. are on it. I don't know right. what numbers are on it, but it's in my it's in my garden. It's in my uh, my flower bed in the front yard. Um, but it was written on them all, so we took one home to set it in our somewhere to remember it, kind of thing. And obviously, I know it's there, but I don't walk into my front door very often. I walk through my garage, so I don't see it very often. Hmm. Ne next time I'm in town, I'm gonna like, oh, that's a neon. Next episode, I'll have it sitting on the uh, in the background. The I'll be like, see the brick. 
Also. <lacht> I, I'm gonna go take a picture of it and make it the uh, the uh, the picture for this episode. The uh, for the uh, the art for the uh, for episode 11. Improve okay. that I have it. Yeah, that's very nice. What a nice touch. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So 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 here's a here's a question. So for for everybody listening, this was a half lived out conversation that the three of us had offline. Um, but it, it relates to so I'm gonna ask the question. I'm going to ask it to Brian, but I'm going to preface the question with kind of the the context around it because I think I've I've given it a little bit of thought, and I want to I want to kind of guide the conversation without it devol- dive dive devolving into hysteronics. But relative to the concept of inspired writing, the Bible being inspired, um, and as that lays against or butts up against the concept of infallibility. Uh, so Brian, it was, it was first Corinthians 11 verse 10. Yeah. That we were, that we were talking about. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to read it out loud and I could read it in context, but the context is about head coverings in worship specifically for women. And uh, so first Corinthians 11, 10 in the uh, new English translation, as I'm fond of, um, it says, for this reason, a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head covering. And then it simply says, because of the angels. And so this struck me as odd. Um, for those that are paying attention and following along, and this isn't the first episode, you understand the the linkage is going back to Genesis 6 and uh, the Nephilim. For those that haven't listened before, uh, we talk heavily on this show about the divine council worldview, which is driven from uh, Genesis six and and Psalms eighty two, which refer to essentially the existence of other of these angels that have minds of their own and free will and have done things, which to include um, having uh, out of design. Of, of of God's of God's divine intentions, uh, children with humans, right, and that it was all predicated in Genesis six on the angels seeing the beauty of women, right. So that's what it says in Genesis six, and what Paul's alluding to in uh, in First Corinthians here is he's saying that, you know, we learned a lesson back in Genesis that women need to keep their hair covered, right, because it's 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 impure. And so this struck me as odd and for, and I can let, I'll let Brian or Dre add some color here, but essentially what the premise behind that verse and that chapter broadly is that in this time period, there was a linkage to women's hair and their genitals, right? So there was this belief that there was some kind of interbody connectivity and that the hair was an extension and was therefore impure or vulgar or sexual. The belief so, was that the uh, the woman's hair served the function of drawing the semen up into the body for impregnation. And so because of that, woman's hair was, was regarded as uh, basically her, their, her genitals. It was gen- genital adjacent or, or, or right. part, or, of, part or, of it, right. some kind of function. So, so anyway, without getting into the biology of it, 
the reason the verse strikes me is two things. One, it's kind of weird, right? Um, two, if we're working off of the concept of the Bible being inspired, this this causes me to ask the question, what does inspired mean? And I think that's more of where my, as I've thought about this question over the course of the week, that's kind of more where my my thought went. So when I posed it to Brian offline, and I don't want to rehash a little bit of a, a, a sporty conversation because some of the, the dialogue was a little hard to follow also. Name, essentially, names were called and voices es- raised. Essentially, my <laughs> point was, if that was inspired, right? If God, if the Holy Spirit was inspiring Peter Paul to write these words to the Corinthians, we know today that a woman's hair has literally nothing to, actually not literally has as actually nothing to do with the sexual process. So why would the Spirit inspire someone to write things that are biologically and scientifically incorrect? That was kind of that was kind of the question I had. So we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And I think I landed here. And so Brian, I kind of wanted to say this, kind of cut the conversation short because I didn't want to rehash a conversation because I think I actually found the answer, which by the way, from a from a content point of view, we have to stop doing this offline because the, the conversation probably would have been more useful to have. Um and well, we could we should probably summarize it at least for the for the listeners. Well, I think for, I did. Yeah, he did. And 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 I think we yeah, we yeah, but but so here's where I'm landing at is is the concept of inspiration more about broad strokes versus fine points, or is it literal inspiration? I think I think that's that's the real question that I'm ending on, and I think that affects my opinion of the verse, and also affects my opinion of probably hundreds, if not thousands, of other entries in the Bible, right? Okay. Do you, is it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up at some point. The two of you can talk. (laughs) I just wanted to kind of get that out there without the, the, the three days of name calling. Can I I give a real, real quick. I think, I think Brian's going to go long here. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't um, planning on it. um, I, I think that in, and because we've had our talks over the years over what's inspired and what's not, and, you know, uh, exegesis stuff that, you know, is, is that inspired? Is that canon? Is it not? Hey, Dre, exa what is? Ex, did you say exegesis? Jesus? Exegesis. Jesus. Yeah, what's exegesis. that word mean? It, it means stuff that's not... Uh, it, 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 maybe Brian can... I, I didn't mean to stump you. I meant to <laughs> clarify. Mean, no, I'm, there are probably I, I said, I said people Jesus. sitting at home that are like, what did you just say? Isogenics. That's that workout stuff you buy right. online. Exegesis just means getting the meaning out of the text as opposed to isogesis, which is projecting meaning into the text. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But, Sorry, Dre. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I just no, wanted, just I, wanted I, to clarify the word. I'm like, I, I gotta know what it means. I just don't know what it means. He, but, uh, yeah, he, he used it right. But um, I think I think from then on, now when I when I look at text, I I think that there's stuff that's that's of the time that's cultural but what about that text that i can pull out that is still true regardless of of the culture or the time you live in 
and what I'm and what I'm what I'm thinking or what I'm seeing here with Paul is that it it this passage doesn't necessarily only uh, is only good for for back then in the in the culture that that they lived in. I think that there's there are things that we can pull out of it that uh, that is still meaningful today. Yeah, and I'll I'll let Brian go, and then I you know I'll I'll, I'll probably. Well, okay. So, as I as I said in our chat, um, that was the belief at the time. So, because they associated women's hair with genitalia, for a woman to to go around, and especially in Corinth, where sexual licentiousness was a big problem. That what the, the <laughs> sexual what licentiousness? What licentiousness? Stop saying it like that's a normal word. It is a normal word. No, hundred like, percent. So that is not a normal word. Licentiousness. Uh, in the uh, everybody in the comments, I want you guys to tell us if you've ever even heard of that word before. It's a no, it's a normal. It's, it's a normal, normal. Spell it. Word. L i c e n t i o u s n e s s. Licentiousness. <laughs> <laughs> it can also stop L Y Z T. So anyway, hey, like but, but this sexual, wasn't a cultural, uh, it wasn't a cultural thing that was just in Corinth, though. This is a Greco-Roman, right? It was written by Hippot uh, hundred percent. I'm Hippocrates, not. Yeah. I, which I have, is I have which no, is the father of medicine. Any doctor out there? Yeah. Know, this you, was you this was accept, this was an accepted belief, and, and this, the this fact is, that it's so not the point. I'm not criticizing Paul for saying it. But I'm like just to trying clear, to get okay. people people out there listening that this is not just a Bible thing. This was the era. Right. right. Okay. Right. Go ahead, and Brian. I, Sorry about as, that. As I was saying, for for the sake of argument, God could have specifically told Paul, hey, that's not actually true. Women's hair has nothing to do with, with her genitalia. They're totally unconnected to the sexual function. I think Paul still would have advised that because the culture at large regarded a woman walking around with her hair out the same way we would regard us walking with our junk out or a woman with her, uh, you know, with her stuff showing. And it was just, it, it was, it was culturally taboo and risque and it doing that sent a certain signal culturally so that it doesn't, it, it's beside the point that it's not, anatomically accurate like like dre said in our chat it's like there, there's nothing the fact that it's scientifically inaccurate is a bit of a red herring as dre dre used the example of a middle finger there's there's nothing intrinsic to a middle finger that makes it obscene in and of itself it's not it isn't anatomically connected to our genitalia but it has a certain cultural significance when you flash your middle finger at somebody so you shouldn't do it Unless you, unless that's the signal you want to send, and Paul is saying that's not the signal that you want to so, send as God's so people. If he simply said that, I would agree with you one hundred percent. But what he said was because of the angels, he drew an absolute linkage to one of the most meaningful events in humans' existence to bad science. I so think that, that would be. I I think that's where I disagree with you, though. And, and that's so, fine. And that's yeah, my think, point is, it was the last part. If Paul had said in that verse, instead of saying what he said, if he had said, hey, 
keep well, women should keep their hair covered because it's obscene and it's not acceptable. And we should only do things in the house of God that are acceptable period. I wouldn't have even batted an eye at the, at the verse. I would characterize so, that statement less as uh, with less of the specificity that you're applying to it. I would, it's more because, you know, look at what happened in the past because of this kind of, this right. kind of sexual libertinism. Right. But, Therefore, he, but he literally said, because hair uncovered, but, but, but angels he, but, had Nephilim. He didn't, he didn't say oh, that. That's, that that's is you. precisely what he Hold said. I, I think that, that's not what he said. Because he also it's very layered also. So he gives an order of of things, right? Where the man, the woman, woman was made for man, man was not made mm -hmm. for woman. Mm -hmm. And then how we get the sexual piece of it is when he talks about, hey, you know, I'll just let you judge for yourself. Like, would, 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 should a wife do that while she's praying to God or, or using her gifts of prophecy? No. And, and the reason why we know that it's the sexual nature that he's talking about is because he also, he says, does not nature itself teach you that a man wears his hair is a disgrace. So that, that nature piece is the sexual piece. But I don't, I don't think that he's talking about Genesis six in the sexual sense, because it would be a warning for always and not just praying and not just uh, prophesying, he's not, but he's not talking about just praying. He's just talking. Yes, he he's is. talking about in general. Okay, let's. No, let's I, I think we should read the whole. Re read thing. the verse. Read the verse, and it's full. Read the full. Uh, a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head, because of the angels. Nevertheless, and the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man so also man is born a woman but everything comes from god but the the overall point is not i don't think um, you started at the right place where, where should i have okay because sorry. it it says uh every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head but every wife who <clears throat> prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head right so there's there he so he's not talking about just walking around every day it's talking about praying and prophesying it's right. talking about when you're speaking to the lord but he's but my point is but he's, so he's, if it's but an if entire he's, but if you're enticing angels aren't you doing that always but you're not because not it's not accurate. No, because it's not accurate. It's but, uh, just hair. Whether, but that's not what I'm saying. I say, say that they believe that it was accurate. But it's not, is my point. But but but, but, but he doesn't know that. And it doesn't matter because but, he, because but he, even right, if he did know that, correct, know he doesn't that. know that. And that's my point, which makes this uninspired writing. So no. <laughs> so for someone for someone for 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 the writing to be inspired does the writer have to be omniscient? No, but the writer has to be accurate. It is accurate. No, it's it is not. accurate because, it's because in their minds they're doing something sexual. But they're not. But in their minds they are. Right, which makes it uninspired. They're wrong. Like I don't know how I don't know how to use more words to explain because, this because they intent, thought they, they thought a plus b equals c, but it doesn't. So God but, didn't tell them a plus b equals c because it right. doesn't. But All if right, they live on. in a culture where where a woman having her head uncovered in this context has a certain meaning, 
Or do you follow? Then she means for it to be sexual. Right. And and when you're praying, your heart is what matters, not what you know. That part I agree with. That's why I'm saying if it had just been about prayer, but then to link it back to Genesis 6, because of science that's faulty, it doesn't track anymore. But I don't I don't think that it's leading back to the sexual part. I think that also because he says in other places in Corinthians and in other in other spots that that is it not true that don't you know that we're going to be judging angels? So there was also a rebellion at that time, right? So so you, we have to be an example to even angels. Again, for those, I, for those fallen angels. All so, of that makes sense, except when you link those two parts. And that's why I'm saying, so guys, I think, so we're recreating the argument or the conversation, the discussion, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Let's pull it back 100,000 feet or 300,000 feet. Is the concept of inspired writing, I'm going to use a military phrase, commander's intent, or is it literal, right? So if the commander's intent, if the spirit was telling Paul, you need to speak to the people in Corinth about being obscene and not being modest when they're praying. And Peter went off with some filth, flander, and filth about hair that makes no sense. I'm okay with that. If you're telling me the spirit told Paul, tell those whores in Corinth to cover their hair because of the angels in Genesis six, then this is breaking down. That's not why that's just, that's just one piece. He explains all kinds of things that you're just hung I, up I get on it. because I, of this. I am, but I, because I, it's because I, it's a bellwether, right? So I don't so I, I don't think that's what inspiration it. necessarily means anyway, though. And that's fine. That's that's really the core of my question. That would be prophecy, but prophecy is a is a particular kind of inspiration. That's not that's all. what I'm asking. That's that's the point of this conversation. That that's why I wanted to ask this question. But can you pull out whether the science is correct or not? Can you get the lesson of do not be indecent sure. while you're praying? Uh, absolutely. Even, even today. So regardless absolutely. of culture, absolutely. I'm going to read that and be like, hey, I probably shouldn't have my junk out when I'm when I'm talking to God. Absolutely. And and that's but that's a different issue. That's why I said my question is about what is inspir- inspired writing. That it's simple. Like that, that's really what this comes down to. So to be clear, to to to, to for us and for the listeners. The reason I'm hyper fixated on the angel part of it is because it's yet another shimmering glint of the divine council worldview in parts of the Bible that I didn't know it existed, right? Because, oh, by the way, if you read this and then you follow the footnotes, the footnotes are all wrong because they don't reference Genesis 6. They're like, we don't really know what he means here when he's saying this. I know exactly what he means when he's saying it. There's lots of pastors that won't. Because they they either don't get it, they don't understand it, they're afraid of it. It is right. or or it is kind of that new it's not even to... that it's not even connected. Right. Because right. because if it was connected, it would be an all the time type of thing. You don't, Correct. You don't seduce angels all the time Correct. instead of just talking about when you're praying. Correct. But so, so my, my point thing, is... I think is is an example thing and not and not enticing a, them sexually. It's a cautionary note, right? I get it. And I and I, I, that's how I read it. This is a cautionary point that Paul is making. He's like, look, we learned this lesson the hard way. Like stop doing no, things. I, but yeah, I, the, I, and I general, think he's saying that there that there still are angels here that will that will do bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's that specific. I think it's just that like we've because we have this example in our past because we have because this such a this 
this story looms so large in their theology correct that that it, it conveyed a certain message about uh immoral sexuality and the, and the corruption that can bring on the earth and so the people of god shouldn't be like that correct he conveyed it using cultural language that wasn't scientifically accurate but the meaning still applied and and, and the alternative would have been i mean the point was not to to correct their science or to 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 correct the cultural understanding of what hair was the point was within that cultural conduct context to convey this this particular message which still applies today even though we know better scientifically the moral the moral principle there is still the same I, and i i'm i agree with all of that by the way like which like, is why a lot of christian places don't require women to cover their head anymore because sure. Sure. Because and it's, it's why it's why men are allowed to wear hats in churches nowadays. And why <clears throat> which and why men freaks you know, me out, but it's a I don't thing. Like, I don't like that. Even though me being bald is actually means that I'm more, you know, more more uh, <laughs> viral than uh, than all you people with hair. Anyway. Suppose, supposedly. That's right. Mm. Supposedly. I think because it, it's but, sucking but, up all your semen, man. But 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 my hobbit hair from my <laughs> Adam's apple to the top of my toes. Says, Actually, make I'll, sure. I'll, I'll see your bald head and I'll, I'll <laughs> and I raise you right. fur. And th- and that's why they never required children to cut their hair because it, it they hadn't reached puberty yet. There's a there's they a were stage afraid it was going to stunt their stunt their development or whatever. No, because the hair didn't start sucking up the semen until you reached puberty. <laughs> sucking up the semen. So so just like hey, so so let, when the, when make, the let's boys make, test, let's make it dropped. Let's then, make a rule. It's like, hey, what's that? Can we can we say stop? Can we can we stop saying sucking up the semen? We, just, <laughs> we get we get it. We get. We that a rule. We get. Yeah. Let's just like we we I get it. We get it. I think I think that the audience needs to know that people way back then thought the I think, hair. I think know. we've covered that. I think. <laughs> oh, so, and the so, longer your hair. So look, here's my point. This is this is really all I'm getting at. I, I'm, I'm like I said. I'm cool with the idea that what Paul was trying to say was more, it was more, um, it was more broad, right? Like I'm hyper-focusing for a reason, for two reasons. One, the, 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 the allusion to Genesis six is, is, is incredibly obvious to me. One, two, um, if this isn't meant to be literal because it can't be right. I'm simply making a point. It was literal at the time, but but it's not. It's not literal. Well, and it wasn't literal at the time. I, I think I'm not sure you're using the word literal. Correctly. I'm positive that I'm using the word literal correctly. What I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm setting the table for is that the Bible in some places is not literal. Ergo Genesis one and some other stuff. Paul's right? meaning like, was literal. It's his just meaning not, was literal. His the words weren't literal. The angels did not make Nephilim because of the women's hair. Period. He didn't I'll say stop. They, they did. That's, yes. He didn't say they yes. did. No, he yes. doesn't. Yes. No, he doesn't. Either because there's because he lays out a bunch of things that are in order. It's in one and sentence. It's not, it's not in order. It's in a that, sentence. It's well, in a I sentence after a period. For this reason, a woman should have should have a cover of her head because of the angels. Period. 
That's a, that's a complete sentence. It doesn't require other sentences for explanation. Well, yeah, it does because 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 that sentence is laid out before that to define you what have, that sentence means. You have to read it on the terms that they would have understood it at the time. To to otherwise you're just you're not reading it at all if you're if you're not taking that meaning. No, I, I disagree with you. I understand what he meant. I understand the meaning of the times, and it's still a literal standalone sentence. And and I'm saying that that it it doesn't because if he would have meant that, he wouldn't have put it in the context of praying. He would then, have put then, it in then the he's context not talking of about always. Then, then, the, then, I, that, then that phrase of because of the angels isn't a reference to Genesis 6. Maybe I, not. I think, I think we're going to lose people if we if we stay on this much longer. If we lose people, they're, they're already gone. Well, that's going to back <laughs> by not. But I, I, I like the broader issue. I say sucking up semen. And they're because you're making you're making it work. Yeah. Now they've uh I tried I tried to I tried to salvage it. I tried. It's out of my hands now. We, we just lost our know. last two listeners. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll maybe they'll come back we, for our for our, bet, our next show with ads. I bet there's a gunnery sergeant right now that's like, tell me more about the, the semen sucker. <laughs> yeah. I knew I knew it was a mistake to to raise that. To make that request, but because uh, you know we're going to do the exact opposite, yeah, right? Uh, we're going to as we're, it's going to be nothing but that now. It's like telling a toddler, but, "Don't touch that." This, this, this. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> I, I, the the question of what does inspiration mean? I think mm-hmm. that is something that's worth exploring a bit. Uh, I don't think it means. I mean. It doesn't mean that God is dictating every word. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is giving him content audibly and he's writing it down as he hears. He's there's a difference between he's not Jimmy, he's not Jimmy Fallon going and then writing as as it's talking. (laughs) Right. Um, Paul, I mean, apostles spoke with delegated authority um well jesus's hand-picked apostles spoke with delegated authority um like they were their authority came from having learned from jesus um being the bearers of his teachings and passing it on um a prophet on the other hand gets direct revelation from god uh we're told Paul in two places writes that uh, God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets. And then the list gets a little different, but he says that in first Corinthians 12 and then in Ephesians four, and then the list is different. I think he has uh, doers of miracles followed by teachers and evangelists. And then he has a different progression in uh, first Corinthians. But, um, but the point is apostles outranked prophets. They spoke with greater authority but their authority didn't come from direct audible um, word for word direction by the spirit. It came primarily as witnesses to Jesus's teachings and to his resurrection. It was, it was, it was, it was predicated on the historicity of their testimony and their connection to Jesus and their bearing of his teachings. Um which is kind of the opposite of how we today we tend to the way that we think of scripture and inspiration we we would tend to think of prophets as outranking apostles um 
largely because we don't really define apostles by uh, by what the scripture actually says. Like the, the the are you guys familiar with the new apostolic reformation movement? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of a charismatic ish movement where people are uh, claiming to be apostles and claiming to speak with this supreme authority over the church and uh, claiming to be chosen by the the spirit to do that. And it's totally nonsensical, unbiblical um, because, because an apostle by definition is an eyewitness to Jesus back then, but not now. Okay. What is it now? Wait, how is, how is Paul an eyewitness to Jesus? Because Jesus appeared to him and said, uh, you are to be my witness and to, uh, okay, cool. So if I'm sitting here right now and we hang up this phone and Jesus appears to me, am I not an apostle? Um, if he tells you you're an apostle and says, go represent me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would, so why are these people not, I mean, I don't believe they are, but but because they, they don't even claim that basis for it. Okay. They don't, very well. Like they, like that they're, they're acting like prophets more is what you're saying. Yeah. Cause like they're, okay. they totally misconstrue the meaning of the term prophet. I mean, apostle, um, well, which I think is worth. We had a really good prophet in Waco, Texas in 1993. And then, uh, the government, the government so just came in and just killed him. It was rip. He, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to see what he wrote about the seven seals and I lost my opportunity because he, uh, of no, the he, state. He actually did uh, broadcast it on the radio. He did one. Hmm. He did one. And that was, and, 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 and he wanted to finish them and, uh, and then he would come out, but then they, they got impatient because he took too long for the first one, but the first one was the longest one and I'm tangenting, but. We lost you know what i'll i'll bet <laughs> we if, lost more we lost more listeners damn it. i'll i'll bet that if the three of us got together and went through the seven seals of revelation we could we could come up with something way better than what vernon howell had to say because yeah, i uh, mean you can make that bet but he got killed by the deep state before it could happen so i i'll bet if we do that you'll you'll know you will you will be persuaded <laughs> that what we came up with was better than anything uh, Mr. Howell had to say. In see- moment, I need to, I need to clarify that I am not a believer in Mr. Howell. <laughs> I am not, I am not a branch of Davidian. Um, I do not a- believe any, anymore. <laughs> I am not a, a follower of uh, David Koresh. Uh, I'm just mad at the government for killing all those people. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the federal government <laughs> on that score and and a few others, but um, I mean, yeah. I mean th- that's what got uh, the federal <clears throat> building in Matt's hometown blown up. That is, it was a big part of what happened with the Murrah bombing. Yep, Ru- Ruby uh, Ridge and Waco. Mm-hmm. You know, combine those and and your boy McVeigh. <clears throat> you know, witnessed both and had an issue. Yep, you know. The Unabomber had a lot of really good ideas too. I, I don't agree with what Brian Irvin just yeah, said. I, 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 div- I disavow. <laughs> disavow. Well, this is Andre his, Bibbs, and I his, don't believe <laughs> he made a lot of really good observations, and he had really, really bad solutions. So, so what, 
What are you saying? He's a. I'm saying that like we can we can acknowledge that like Timothy McVeigh had a couple of good points, but was still a garbage human. And you sound uh, like Kanye, just so you know. So I mean, what is so so a good a good description, not a very good prescription, kind of like uh like Andrew Tate. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Like G. if you're if you're mad at the federal government for murdering innocent people or innocent ish people, the response should not be to then go kill innocent people. That's. Is that kind of like, if you're mad at people illegally murdering people with illegal firearms that you don't take them out of the hands of everybody who legally owns one. Is that kind of the same? uh, Am I I off here? I don't know. No, they actually, that's it. That is a good comparison. That's actually pretty spot on. If you have an open carrier, like, you know what, because of the governor of New Mexico is the Timothy of, uh, that's evil. That's what she is. It is. It is evil. Um, Evil. She's from evil. Bearing the fruits of the devil. Um, Yeah. So this needs to be video so we can see my face as I, hey, that guy's crazy. (laughs) This is conspiracy shit. I I really don't. Yeah. So uh, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? Hair and what they do with hair and what hair is meant for. And and the hair is the woman's glory. I don't somehow, feel like therefore, somehow hair turned hair turned into we were going to talk about Rish, which turned we into gonna, Unabomber. Right. So, yeah. so what Paul is saying that you can't be like Willow Smith and whip your hair around while uh, while you're praying or prophesying. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that's why what happened to Jada is what happened to Jada. And that's, I mean, I'm not trying to get slapped, even uh, though. I, I mean, I could I could parry that. I'm not I'm not Chris Rock, but but there you go, there you go. Is because she probably prophesied, you know, with her hair out, and therefore God struck her with no hair. She probably didn't prophesy. She probably proselytized. Yeah. Or prostrated. Licentiousness. I, I picked the with her yeah, licentiousness. Yeah, what, what was that word? Like <laughs> licentiousness. 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 Yeah. That is a that it's a normal word, guys. No, it's super. It's absolutely not a normal word. It's a normal word. Okay, so I feel like our discussion about inspiration it just it just doesn't have our the usual momentum of our. Well, I mean, it, our talks. It, 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 we 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 tangented a couple of times, kind of quickly, but I think at the end of the day, I think we ended where I where I thought we were going to end, which is cool, and it was more about intent versus specificity. Just mm. at a, at a very high level. I'm not uh okay. You're not what? Well, I mean, if it was for specificity, <clears throat> did I say that like like that? Mm-hmm. I really say it that way? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it um then then all of it would matter today, and it doesn't. Right. But the intent yeah, the point was right, not but the intent still carries. Absolutely. The point That's was not point. an yeah. absolute universal unqualified command to all women everywhere to cover your hair because hair is genitalia. The point was be decent to yeah be, yeah, be no, and that's my point and that's exactly what i said that's what i meant with what i said is it's it's about intent it's not about the it's it's about the broad strokes not the fine points. Sure. And and that that tracks. Um like i said the, the different the point of me bringing this up is that it furthers the point, the conversation that 
every word in the Bible is not meant to be taken literally. It's meant to be taken in context and think, in and in and and in broad concepts, not in and spe specific words. I think I, I agree with what you're saying. Textbook. I Correct. think I agree with what you're saying. I don't agree with how you're saying it. Okay. Um, like I wouldn't like literally or figuratively is not is not really the distinction, but it it we need we how need would to, you say it say it differently then? Well, I don't think it's I don't think the categories are that it is. There are there are details of the connotation time. versus denotation. Um, I I wouldn't even like you're trying to nail down like a universal principle that can apply to all all of the texts, and I'm not. No, I'm not I don't sure think that's, that's true because I think the text kind of it, the, the text kind of ebbs and flows <clears throat> in and out of literal interpretation. Which, Again, by the way, is problematic that, and, and makes it some of the difficulty arises in some of the interpretation and the implementation of the guidance given. I think you have to, first and foremost, put yourself in the place of the original audience. The, sure. You're reading important. It as, oh, reading, it, reading it as someone who 100% believes that, that hair literally is genitalia. Or that the earth is flat. Or that the earth is flat. Um, I, I, which, I think that that's a fool's errand. Well, because there's no way that we can put ourselves in a first century. I think I agree with that also. Because, it's not a, because it's not a fool's errand. It's just it's just it it's you it, can't. It you can't. can have some concepts you can kind of understand. But first of all, I don't read Greek. I never read Hippocrates. Right. I don't know the well, entire culture. I'm not talking of about time. time traveling or literally becoming a first century Greek speaker, but, but as much as you possibly can with the information available to us, put ourselves in the place of the original audience, but then, but understand you, you can try let me, to understand let me, that. Let me finish the point, Dre. You'll, you okay. might like what I'm saying. If you just let me finish what, a, what I'm saying, I understand the difficulty of what I'm saying. Obviously you can't completely Trans transform your consciousness to a first century Greek speaker, but as much as you possibly can with the information available to us, put yourself in there and that their position to understand it the way they would have. That's the starting point for understanding the text. Now, as it turns out, hair is not literally genitalia. Their, their science was was incorrect. And so that, that part clearly doesn't apply anymore, but the underlying moral principle does. Likewise, you know, going back to our young earth creationism talk, yes, we're we are aware that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to when you're going to finish your your point or your thoughts so that I can actually rebut that bullshit. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. My so, still, no fool's errand, and you just said it. You have to understand what the intent was, and that's it. You can't put yourself, Brian. You can't even put yourself in the place of a Southern Californian in 2023 because you're fucking not you're not one i can't be a white guy from oklahoma you know why and i'll never be one <laughs> so so like so for me to actually take that and then try to go 2000 years back and try to have any kind of understanding of what it is where their mindset was is impossible 
So to take the intent and kind of say, I kind of feel what you're trying to say here. And I'm, eh, I think that applies to this. You can, you can give it a shot. You can do your best. As I think you were trying to say, you can, you can give it a, a good old college boy try, but no. And I, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to put myself into the shoes of a Corinthian when in whatever, what 50 AD, and what think, the things the, the I think things you're that taking my meaning through. a bit too far. No, I, I, so so I, I I think I get what Dre's saying, and I was kind of saying the same thing. Sorry, for, sorry for that noise. Um, it, it's a common concept, right? Like, so Doctor Heiser said it a lot. I've heard it written by others or said by others, right? You have to understand the time. You have to understand <clears> the thinking. All those kind of things. We have to try as we try to interpret the the words that were written and what it was meant. But I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta agree with Dre on that. Like it's impossible for me to understand what goes through the mind of a person in New York city. And it's not like the old pace Bacani commercial, New York city, get a rope. I'm saying like, I don't mean you have to, you have to completely internalize their entire life experience no, no, and every no, no, value and no, belief. No, 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 no. I'm no, just saying, no, understand where so. they you're, are you're, when you're missing, you're missing the point, Brian. I'm not saying that. I think you close. guys are missing the point. No. Like, so I remember, so I listened to a, there's a podcast, a philosophy podcast I listened to. So shout out to philosophize this. It's um, a pretty good one. It's a great one. I, Stephen West. Um, I, I, I love you, dude. And I appreciate and thank you for all of the, 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 the base education you gave me in philosophy. Right. So f- seriously, like no kidding, like no memes, no, no, no jokes. He made a point in one of his early podcasts that you have to understand that the, the, the early philosophers didn't have any of the science that we have today. So they were sitting around in the ancient times trying to understand how the planets existed and why there were stars in the sky and all this kind of stuff, right? And they were doing it with no starting point. And so they came up with a bunch of really goofy ideas. But the fact that they came up with ideas is is commendable as a starting point, right? But it's impossible to go to put ourselves with the information that we have, the things that we know. And the things that we 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 know to be true, and the things that we know to be untrue, to then understand how they thought what they thought, we just can't because we but hear dude, it. And we're like, but but you're describing exactly what I'm talking about. Like you're as you're reading those philosophers, you are adjusting for the fact that they don't they didn't have the knowledge we have. You're 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 empathizing with them to the extent that you're, you're taking that into account and you're not thinking like, Oh, what an idiot. He thought he, he, he thought he didn't know what stars were or what the vacuum mm-hmm. of space was. Um, I mean, that's all I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I think you guys, I think you guys are, are taking what I'm my, my description way too, way too far. And so what I, I'm I think trying- that we won't have a full understanding that we just have to <clears throat> Oh, which is get. which is why I said, as much as you are able, based on the information you have, put yourself in their spot and make it. You don't stay there. That's that. That's not where you. That's that's the beginning of understanding the text. But then you understand that okay, well, hair isn't genitalia. We know that. So what is the text really talking about? If not that, and I think, I think we've arrived at that. Um, 
you know, it, I mean, it seems like Dre and I are pretty much in agreement on how to interpret that particular text. Um, and I think you're doing that by doing exactly what I said. You're, you're putting yourself in the, in the place of the first century audience and, and, and taking into account their cultural outlook, what they understood hair to be, adjusting for the fact that they didn't have our knowledge. You're getting the meaning from that context. Otherwise, if it, yeah, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring a 21st century biological understanding to that text and, and interpret accordingly, because then you'd come away thinking what Paul really cared about was covering up women's hair for its own sake, not because of the underlying moral principle. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, uh, and which is which makes, you know, any ancient text study really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. it's it's just hard because you know because there, there might be another passage i read tomorrow that i'll have no clue what that context is so then i have to go ask questions i have to look into it i have to i have to look stuff up i have to look at extra uh other other texts that 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 goes around what you know what did what did philosophers believe at the time what did doctors believe at the time what did what was what was the culture in that particular city that paul was writing a letter to to those dudes and what was he actually addressing because there's a lot of stuff going on in Corinth in the Corinth that he's like hey whoa <laughs> I, I think it I, I think you're right that it requires work to understand it that's there's there's no doubt about that but I don't I mean we have the benefit of the fact that the Bible is the single most analyzed and studied collection of literature in all of human history and so we have the benefit of a lot of a lot of scholarship and commentary, some of it, some of it better than other scholarship, but, um, you know, but it's not, it's not an impossible task, but we also have a lot of misinformation. Well, less so than ever before, just, just on this, on this chapter alone, I watched six or seven videos, all of them different, Mm -hmm. all of them. Some of, they were kind of the same. None of them. I think one out of the seven went to, uh, you know, uh, unseen Genesis uh, six. Like sure. well, that was my point. Is to start this conversation, you have to you have to tell me, not you, but like right. if you're if you're going to analyze this chapter, this verse, does that phrase, as with the angels. Does is that an allusion or a reference to Genesis six? If not, then everything that I've set up until this point is irrelevant, and I don't even, I don't even, I don't understand what that means. I don't understand what that angel commentary means, but it's a throwaway, and then I don't care about the rest of it. If it's an allusion to Genesis six, then I suddenly have a different per- point of view on what Paul's trying to say. That's all, and that was that was what I meant to say from the beginning. Is you have to first say it's an if then with that with that secondary phrase of with the angels. I think the overall point of it, you, you can cut that part out, the, the reference to the angels. And I don't the think meaning so. is the same. The meaning is strengthened when he says, because of the angels, because you understand the context he's talking about, why, why propriety and uh, hierarchy and uh, conducting yourself with decency and decorum is important. But I don't think it. I don't think it depends on that for his point to still stand. It doesn't for his point to stand for the relevancy that I'm bringing to this conversation to matter. It absolutely does. 
Sure, the relevance because of the because if he's view. simply if he's simply saying be decent when you pray when you go to church, sure, whatever, I don't care. But if he's making a statement that says because this is the crap that happened with the angels in Genesis six, then I'm like, hang on, dude, it wasn't because of hair. Well, but that's not his point. The point is, the point isn't that it was because of hair. The point is that it it was because of the you know the it, Elsewhere in Jude, it, it, he talks about how the the angels left their proper station, mm-hmm. um, and that's the whole point of the passage: is that uh, covering their hair within that cultural context was a part of staying within their their, their proper station of I, hierarchy. And and that's what I was trying to convey before that even though he he makes a reference <clears throat> to the angels, it doesn't mean the sexual enticement of angels necessarily it has to do with being in your proper station. And to me, right. that's, that's, and so I'm just going to be honest, that's a cop out for, for evangelicals and theologians that don't want to address the DCW. Like, because to I me, that verse, them, but not, that verse, for me it's not, that though. verse reads really simply. And that's my point is it, this is one of those things that when you, when you, when you look at things through certain filters, it's a whole lot easier. Occam's razor comes into play. And to me, Occam's razor says he's talking about the Nephilim. Yeah, I don't think that's in dispute, um, at least not among the three of us. But my point is that the uh, the point still stands with or without that. It's just strengthened with it. That's fine. I, again, I, I came into this, like I said, so, you know, like like I'd mentioned with my with my preface to this conversation is when I read this the other day, it struck me and then it caused me to the question that really generated was literal or non-literal right Mm. or whatever language brian likes better than literal and non-literal um but it was really about is this is inspired writing literal or is it broad is it fine points or broad strokes and if we're going to say it's broad strokes i'm cool with it and it actually that's and the whole conversation is done that quick but if someone was to suggest that lit inspired writing is fine points, then this gets into a really weird kind of logic loop. I don't know what to do with it. I, I, I do have a problem when people take every, like they take, well, first of all, I don't, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, I think that divine inspiration means it comes with God's authority the idea of I don't I don't think that means inerrancy in the sense of typically meant. Um, I think that's a completely modern convention, and, that, and that's that's exactly what I'm getting to. That that might be a better phrasing of the point that I'm trying to make with this. Is, I, I think that's the type of phrasing that you used in our phone conversation after that, Matt. Right, might have been. Yeah, we talked about other shit, and then we yeah. brought that up. Yeah, but, it, it is. Does inspired mean inerrant? Like maybe that's the right way to ask that question, and, and then uh, and then that that begs the question of is the Bible inerrant, and are, is every individual writer inerrant within the Bible, and every syllable inerrant, right, right, and is every translation inerrant? Well, obviously not every translation is, but uh, well, because because the beginning writing wasn't to begin with. If, if this well, if this verse is not. I, I, but I think the focus on errors is, is I think it's wrong. Um, I think, I think it's cathartic. 
And I think it's good to be honest. Um, because if I, we like, were to sit, if we were to sit in an environment and suggest that the Bible was inerrant and the writers were inerrant, then if somebody was able to ring out one little whoopsie, the whole damn thing falls apart. I agree. And that's, and that's why like, that's like, that's Harris the story to tell you. Right. That's, that's the story Bart Ehrman tells about his, his, uh, his apostasy. Yeah. Um, although he denies that he, he rejected Christianity because of that. That is kind of the, the suggestion he gives in his, uh, I think it, um, I think it's in Jesus interrupted is where he tells the story of how I've never he, read, uh, I've never read anything by Bart Ehrman to be honest. I, I, yeah, it is. It is. It's in there. Yeah. So he tells the story of how he, he, he was a, he was a fundamentalist evangelical Christian growing up. He, he believed wholeheartedly in, in inerrancy and he, uh, he went to Bible college and seminary and he was, uh, he met professors who, who denied inerrancy and he fought him on it. And, um, but finally he just, he gave in and he, uh, recognized that inerrancy isn't, isn't true. And his whole faith collapsed because of that. Um, well, he would deny that it was because of that. But if you, if you read, if you read Jesus interrupted, that's, that's clearly the, what you take away from it. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. But later on, when people ask him about it, he denies that that's why he says it's because of the problem of evil, um, which is an even more absurd reason to, to become apostate. But it goes, goes back um, to cause those damn Calvinists. <laughs> I think, I think the problem of evil has to be a, a definite topic we use on, on this show. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, that's, that's I have a, a lot one. to say about it. I know I wrote, you do. I wrote a blog article about it. Nice. But, that Matt Matt hates it though. But uh but um, I don't think I hate it. I don't think I finished it. <laughs> yeah. It's not one of my better articles, but it was more um and for it, those at home, I only didn't this is this is a running conversation with Brian and I. I only didn't finish it because it was so damn long. It wasn't it was because long. it was poorly yeah. written. And I, I I gave him that feedback and we've 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 fought over that feedback. Um we didn't fight over but, it. We didn't fight over it. But just, you basically told me to stuff my opinion because you've had other people tell you it was good. And I didn't so that say was that. Good enough. Yeah, that's one hundred percent what you told me. It's not what I said. But, you didn't uh, say stuff it. You used other words, but the the uh, the intent was clear. <laughs> well, I, Matt was inspired I, when he read that back. To you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but but my point is but my point me, is the just on the problem of evil really quick. Um, I think that is a huge problem for a lot of people that struggle with Christianity. And I don't think the problem is that big, to be quite honest. I think it's a simple I don't solution. Think I don't think it's a problem at all. Um, it's but the answer is not Calvinism. The answer is yeah, not predetermination and predestination. It's, it's definitely not. But um, but I, I, I do want to define what I mean by when I deny inerrancy, I want to explain my meaning. Um, like there's a passage in it's after the sermon on the Mount, when Jesus heals the centurion servant, um, it says the, the, in Matthew's gospel, it happens after the sermon on the Mount In Luke's gospel, it happens after the sermon on the plain. And in one version, it, the centurion comes out to ask Jesus to heal his servant, and Jesus is going to go with him. And then the centurion says, "No, um, you, you don't have to come with me. I'm a I'm a man under 
I, I'm a man under authority and I have servants under my authority and I tell them go and they go and I come and they come. So I know that you can just give the word and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus was impressed by his great faith, pronounced the servant healed and he was healed that hour. The other version, it has the Jewish elders come out to ask on the centurion's behalf. And they, they make a specific, the, the writer makes a specific point to say that the centurion didn't believe himself worthy to come and ask Jesus to heal a servant. And so he sent the Jewish elders. Um, and then when Jesus went to go heal him, they, the Jewish elders passed along that, no, you don't, I'm not worthy. Um, and then he pronounced him healed. So these are obviously the same story. They both can't be 100% factually accurate in every detail because they're mutually exclusive. Um, either the centurion didn't believe himself worthy to come into Jesus's presence, or he sent the Jewish elders to, to ask on his, or he, either the centurion went out in person or he didn't consider himself worthy. And he sent the, uh, the Jewish elders to ask him both cannot be true. And those are obviously the same story. And there are even, they even come in similar contexts, although one is the sermon on the Mount, the other is the sermon on the plain. Um, from a historical standpoint, this 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 is this is trivial. This doesn't matter. Um, the, it it actually it it actually reinforces the historical credibility of the story because they clearly these are from two separate sources. There wasn't one source that was copied. Um, they didn't collaborate to make sure they got their story straight. They just somebody remembered it differently, uh, told it differently, um, but. Um, from a historians don't care about that kind of thing from a historical standpoint they would take this as strengthening its credibility if you insist on inerrancy as your standard and if it if if the if the bible if it's this all or nothing inerrant or nothing well then you know that breaks your bible um mm -hmm. but if you're a rational person without those those presuppositions and those preconditions um you come away with a, with a stronger confidence in the historicity of those events. Um, so I would say that both are inspired, but inspired doesn't mean written directly by God um, with every single word being absolute and perfect. And uh, I think that's what Matt was getting at. Mm -hmm. Is it, it, It's not like God grabbed the dude's, you know, uh, it's a prepared, prepared to copy. <laughs> and then started whispering in his ear. It was and like, "Hey, say, whoa!" The spirit no, said, "Hey, you it. need to talk to these people in Corinth because they're they're wild." And so Paul did Paul stuff under the guise of trying to bring his people, his his churches, to heal. Right. And to be quite honest, I hadn't thought of it that way before, and it actually calms me a lot on a lot of my challenges with Paul's style, because if I can, if I can now sit back and say inspiration comes in commander's intent not in the actual copy then i can just chalk up a lot of paul's style to i just don't like paul's style but that doesn't mean what he was doing wasn't inspired by the holy spirit or even inspired by the, and that's, by the clowns that's big, in corinth that's a big difference right so and real quick i i've said this phrase like three or four times for the folks at home that aren't from the Marine Corps specifically, commander's intent is a leadership style that we're taught, right? And it basically is, I'm going to use really broad, I just want to explain this, I move on. So I'm not saying a phrase that no one understands. 
leadership is wildly delegated in the Marine Corps, right? All the way down to the lowest levels of leadership. And what we do is we use this phrasing of commander's intent and commander's intent could be something simple. Like I need hill number 227 taken by noon tomorrow. That's commander's intent. Why he needs the hill, we don't know, but the hill must be occupied by noon tomorrow. How my platoon and Dre's platoon and Brian's platoon make that happen, commander doesn't care. He just wants to know that when our three platoons move out, that that hill will be his by noon tomorrow, right? And now the three of us got to go figure out all the fine points about, hey, I'm going to run around to the right, Dre, you run on the left, Brian, you parachute in on the backside, we're going to meet up at this time, I'm going to blow a green flare, da, 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 da. we're going to do all these things, right? He doesn't, commander doesn't care about any of that. He's already and, moved on to the next, the, the next and, order. And oftentimes you do get your left and right lateral limits and you also get like sure. constraints and restraints to make sure we don't kill each other. Right. We don't kill friendlies, right, sure. all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, but and it's contextual how much specificity you get in your order. percent. And the specificity right. might be because last time Matt committed three war crimes. So we've <laughs> got to give Matt some more control. So there aren't as many war crimes this time because we've got to limit that stuff. Cause CNN might be around, right? Like your platoon sergeants and your squad leaders are going to give even more specificity. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to that dude actually pulling the trigger. Absolutely. But but, but that's commander's intent, right? So but the idea right. but is your squ- but your squad strokes. leader passing down those orders, that's the same as the general telling you to your face. Sure. It, it all is. And that's what Brian's the, point is. And right? I get that, yeah. right? Like I, I'm, I'm tracking. Paul has the authority. The authority came from God, came from Yahweh via the Holy Spirit, right? But how Paul makes that happen is up to Paul. And as long as he doesn't go too far off the rails he's still speaking as an empowered agent. And I think that's a very different way to look at specifically the New Testament, but a lot of the Bible versus expecting letter by letter dictation to have been, you know, message traffic, five block groups, right? Like, right. like, like letter for letter, word for word, how copy 10 by 10, everything was perfect. I'm going to repeat it back to you word for word to make sure I got it word for word. And you're going to sign off that I heard it properly. Now I'm going to go do that thing. So that's two different, very different ways of, of relaying information. And I think that at least for me, that that actually solves some problems that I've had with some interpretation and, and, and readings of the Bible. So to be quite honest, this, this might've been, while Brian, you might've found this to be a more innocuous or, uh, you know, superfluous conversation we've had. This has actually been for me, maybe a more important uh, thought experiment or ex- mental exercise that I've gone through. Um, and that's why it was important that I shared it on the show um, because I wanted to talk it through out loud. So at least this was, you know, the, the concept was memorialized. I wasn't knocking it, yeah, but, whatever. uh, but there, there are two passages, uh, one in First Peter, the the other in Second Peter, that deal with inspiration. I think they're worth looking at here. Um, in First Peter one ten, he says, uh, concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who were, had preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long, long to look into these things. So the fact that they, the prophets had to search intently and with the greatest care 
um, meant that there there is some there is some human effort involved. There is some discernment, even on the parts of prophets who are having who are getting visions and having these things dictated to them. And you see some of that in Daniel as he's talking to the to, to the messengers and he's searching out his the visions he's receiving. The other passage it kind of frames it from the other from the other direction. Um, he talks about how he saw he was an eyewitness to Jesus's transfiguration. And he heard the voice of God saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And so we have the word of the prophets confirmed uh, as, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, for no prophecy had its origin in, in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So there is a, you know, it's not a 100% either or. I mean, the prophet has to take, you know, exercise effort and discernment, but he's, he's also carried along by the Holy Spirit in that discernment. And if that's true of prophets, how much more of, apostles and witnesses to the historical to you know empirical history related to jesus so uh i don't know if that uh resolved everything for you or not but i thought i think it was i think it was already resolved but i appreciate the uh the extra the icing yeah well i mean now we have scripture to back that up right Thank you, St. Peter. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he's an original 12. He, 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 he actually OG. He actually saw Jesus. Oh, <laughs> there's some more. Uh, there's some more he says here. Hold on. This is important, too. Bear with me. This is also 2 Peter. Do, 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 do. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So Peter thought Paul's writings were scripture. And also difficult to understand. Ignorant and unstable people distort them. But hard to understand. Even Peter said they were hard to understand. Yeah, sure. He's like, so look, my man is trying to, he's he's well-intended. He's kind of <clears throat> retarded. <laughs> but he's writing scripture. <laughs> he called his writing scripture. That's, that's the takeaway here. So, uh, all right. Is that our I show? Think that, uh... I think that we uh we have some big things coming up in the next next few weeks, huh? Yeah. We got an interview with a with a young Earth creationist. I think we're gonna have a, a guest. Our first guest will be on the show. Yep. yep. We also have a a a young twenty one year old who uh, who stepped away from the church, and we'll get to ask her some questions about about why she why she left the church, why she's why she's gone gone non Christian. <laughs> So we're gonna okay. we're gonna we're, we're moving to the next stage of the show with guests. This will be interesting. Yeah, yeah we're right. Uh, 
maybe we'll, maybe we'll keep some audience. Maybe we'll gain some new. I don't know. You can reach us uh, at all the socials. So uh, Spotify, YouTube, we're new on YouTube. Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and the Mount Hermeneutics podcast on Facebook. So friend us, comment, say some things. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs>